There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez the Best. Today is Tuesday, May 9, 2023. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else, but stick around. You might learn something new. I'm going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 today. Uh, no spoilers yet, I guess, because it just came out, what, last week? But I gotta say, that movie is so good. Dun, 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 dun. Is it top five, JC? I think so, man. I, th- I feel like I've, I've done a rundown of my favorite Marvel films. I think I even did a ranking in a previous episode. But, you know, those start, those always, uh, change from time to time. I will say, though, Guardians, I think, for sure is top 10, 100%. Does it crack top five right now? Maybe recency bias included. I think it does. I just, I feel like it does. Is it better than the first Guardians? And some, in some levels, on some levels, yes. Uh, cause the first Guardians is definitely top five for me. Infinity War is number one. Hands down, it's not gonna change. I don't think it's gonna change anytime soon. Because the Infinity War is the best one. Not Endgame, mind you. You know, everyone loves Endgame because it, it concluded, you know, the the storylines that began with Iron Man and Captain America and the original Avengers and whatever, right? But uh Endgame for me is when you watch it, it's not super rewatchable because there's this whole lull in the middle where they're planning, you know, how they're gonna go back in time, you know, the time jump or the time heist or whatever. It, it it's kinda not as rewatchable as Infinity War. Because Infinity War for me was the coolest because it's the first time that all these characters that over the course of what, 15, 16 years of all these films, I don't know how many films were made before Infinity War. It's for the first time where they all kind of come together. And uh, the Battle of Wakanda is incredible. The battle on that planet where Thanos is fighting the Guardians and, and Iron Man is cool. The the New York scene is dope. Um, the The comedy is like top notch. But I think it's one of the last few, maybe a little bit in Endgame as, as well. But where the comedy was done right, because after that, you know, Marvel is known for having funny moments, but then it really peaked when it was just all comedy in Thor Love and Thunder. And that's why I fucking hate that movie. And Guardians, I think, kind of brought it back to Infinity level, Infinity War levels. And Rocket Raccoon, you know, Bradley Cooper has always done a great job, I think. He really carried the movie. Although, I mean, I, I said spoiler free, right? Uh, but uh, Star-Lord as well. Because, you know, I feel like Star-Lord was too goofy in the second movie. And then he was super goofy in Infinity War as well. Uh, I mean, you know, he became kind of like a dumbass in, in more ways than just comedy. Like, you know, him punching Thanos. But I think they kind of brought him back to the, you know, he uses his thought. He uses his mind to fight. In, in, in volume three, more than he did in like the, the last few times we've seen him. But the, another reason why I like Guardians three <clears throat> is because I think it gives a satisfying conclusion. And I'm not going to tell you what happens, but, uh, satisfying conclusion to 
all the characters involved. And it has hands down one of the best, if not the best fight scene in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is, I, I saw a repost, somebody posted a bootleg of it on Twitter. It's two minutes long and it's just pure bliss man if you're an action fan because you know everyone loves the captain america elevator scene and it's really good but uh this one was just this one was cool because it highlights multiple characters you know in captain america it's just him obviously fucking up the dudes in the elevator right and oh speaking of i I posted on my stories too but the reason why i don't have winter soldier in my top five uh, i know it's probably everyone's favorite or second favorite marvel movie and it's probably the most critically acclaimed Marvel movie. Is just I don't like Captain America. I find he said I I did not like. I was on Team Iron Man in the Civil War. Even in I mean that's Captain America's movie, right? But it's pretty much Avengers two point five. But I was on uh, Iron Man side the whole time, like up until now. You cannot convince me otherwise. Uh, so I just I'm not a fan of of Captain America in general as a as a character. But, you know, he's cool and whatever in the in the especially in the Infinity War and Endgame. Like he's a big he's a big character, but I'm just not a big fan of uh, Captain America. That's why Winter Soldier isn't up there. Um, And I've also realized that the top five that I posted. So top five posted, I think, were Infinity War, No Way Home, Guardians, Guardians 3 and either Thor Ragnarok or I forgot what the other one I posted was. But the, the common theme seems to be that. It's the villain that is the villains in those movies are just as good as the the main heroes. You know, Marvel is known for having super forgettable uh, villains, and the ones that are really good, those are the ones that may usually have a good movie. Like like uh, I didn't add it; I, it wasn't in my top five. But Killmonger in Black Panther is fantastic. But in Civil War, I like Zemo because he's just a normal dude. He, he's like a spy, but he he fucks with all the Avengers' heads. Just by kind of putting them against each other. Uh, Infinity War, obviously, and you have Thanos. Norway Home, you have Green Goblin, who's, you know, from the first, you know, from the Tobey Maguire movies. And he's great in those as well. Uh, what else? What did I say? Uh, the only one, I guess, I mean, Hela was cool in Ragnarok. But I just really like the vibe of Ragnarok because it was super fun, but still had serious gravitas. Right. I mean, Thor deals with a huge loss, you know, huge losses in, in throughout his course as a character. Anyway, I'm six minutes into talking about Marvel. I don't want to go on too long, but please watch Guardians Volume 3. It's fucking so good. And I feel like they gave <clears throat> like Mantis and um, well, well, Mantis, I think, was super underutilized in the last movie. And she's not super like useful or utilized in the in the appearances that she makes after guardians 2 i am so glad that they gave her a lot to work with in this film uh i mean you can expect the same from nebula and drax like you know same kind of uh i guess screen time well nebula actually is really big in this one I, i mean i don't know if that's a spoiler but nebula plays a huge role and it's really good man gamora gamora too i really like how they they settled things in this film yeah just watch it and let me know what you guys think, okay? Uh, other than that, another movie uh, we just watched. Actually, I uh, just finished it before recording. It's 3 in the morning right now. Just finished watching it. Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. Wow. That movie is fantastic. 
It is probably one of the best movies that has come out in 2023. Let me see. 2023 movies so far. It's It would probably be number... It's in the top five, right? So my top five this year so far are uh, Guardians, John Wick, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, probably Air, and... I don't. I can't really think off the top of my head what else has come out this year. Maybe The Whale was pretty good. Um, here I'm looking at best films of 2023 so far. But this is this is one of those fucking highbrow things because they have Tar at number one. I watched Tar. It was okay. It was alright. I would never watch it again. Probably The Fablemans, which I watched. I would not put it in top five either. Um, what else came out this year? Yeah, I think that, I think, yeah, th- those are the ones. The Eight Mountains, Quasi, I never heard, I've never heard of any of these. Air, yeah, Air is good, which I haven't talked about, actually. I talked about it on Hala Hala Show, but I completely uh, forgot to talk about it on this podcast. So I'll delve into that in a bit as well. But first, let's go talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. What a, what a, what a incredible film. And I've never played a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Although, I would like to. It's just it, it. I feel like the learning curve is really steep, and you need someone that has been a a dungeon master. You know, you know, to to you can't just play with people who've never played. Uh, so you know, you'd have to play with someone who is a what do you call it? A veteran dungeon master who can kind of explain to you, you know, what what to do and whatnot. Because the the concept of Dungeons and Dragons, if, if for those of you who don't know, I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm obviously I've never played, so I'm just going off of what I know off of uh, general knowledge is you just like you have like a a book or something and it gives you a scenario and then but then everything else you can make up the rules and whatever i mean there's rules in the book but then you it's up to you to kind of imagine the things that are happening and then you have to like role play during the game in a sense like you you really have to immerse yourself as the character that you are playing uh, you see a little bit of it in Stranger Things, right? Because Stranger Things has a big element of, takes a lot of uh, inspiration from Dungeons and Dragons. But there's dice involved, you know, to, to kind of keep the game moving forward and to give you the outcomes based on, you know, probability. But, but ultimately, it's a game of imagination. That's how I, that's how, at least how I kind of understand what Dungeons and Dragons is. So you really have to play with people who are into it. You can't just, bring people who you know it's not like Catan or monopoly where you know you can explain the rules and the game will just end after like an hour dungeons and dragons i think you it goes for a long time to the point where sometimes you have to end the game end the session and then pick up where you were later on i i think has anyone has anyone played a dnd let me know but even if I haven't played D&D, the movie was thoroughly enjoyable. If you've played any games that have the same kind of vibe as Dungeons & Dragons, uh, you know, if you've played uh, Gauntlet Legends or Fable or Oblivion, you know, there's always character classes. There's there's mages or at least sorcerers in this one. There's there's warriors. You know, it's, it's, it's a familiar setting, even though I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. It feels familiar to me. If you are a fan of, of, uh, that kind of, you know, I guess Game of Thrones in a sense too. 
I never why I don't like that show, but Games and Games of Thrones, Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones. If you watch Game of Thrones, you'd probably enjoy this one because of the same feel. Although this one, obviously, Dungeons and Dragons is uh, more humorous. And they did it right as well, just like how I guess James Gunn and, and Guardians has done it, where they balance the humor with the with the, the more serious aspects. Uh, so basically, they're they're the anti Thor Love and Thunder. I'm always going to go at Thor Love and Thunder. Really dropped the ball for me. What a terrible film! It was a fucking sitcom, an hour and a half long sitcom with sexy casts, you know. With, with Thor being shirtless. That, that's what it was. But Dungeons & Dragons does it really well. It stars Chris Pine. Uh, you might know from Star Trek or Princess Diaries 2, right? <laughs> uh, Michelle Rodriguez, who plays Michelle Rodriguez. And that's not a bad thing if you are into a badass female ass-kicker character. Who do you go for, right? Who's the <clears throat> who's top of list? Maybe in the 80s, it was, it was uh, Sigourney Weaver, right? But now, who do you have? Like, if you're thinking, name me an actress who always plays someone who can kick someone's ass. Michelle Rodriguez probably be number one. Can you think of someone? I mean, Angelina Jolie, maybe. But she, I mean, who who else? Who else? Who do you think of? Michelle Yao? Michelle Yao? Yo? I guess. Uh, but Michelle Rodriguez, right? Hands down. Is, is in the top five of that list. So she plays... The warrior character, she's great. Uh, Justice Smith, who you might know from Detective Pikachu. Is it Detective Pikachu? He was okay. He was pretty good as a sorcerer. I usually find him kind of, I usually find his, uh, Michael Sarah-ness annoying. You know, he, he, he always seems to play a character, except for that one movie where he, with Sidney Sweeney, he plays like a cuck. <laughs> no, but, uh, he usually plays the, you know, I'm timid and I'm a, I have no confidence kind of character, but in the end, I'm actually pretty cool kind of guy. Uh, he does it well in this film. And the, who else is, I don't know who the, there's the girl who plays the druid. She's like a shapeshifter. I don't know who it is. I probably do. I just, I mean, let me look it up. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. She plays Sophia. So, okay. Definitely. I don't know who this is. Sophia Lillis. She is known for the films It and It Chapter 2. Okay, so I guess I did watch her in It. I haven't seen the second It yet. Um, and the HBO psychological thriller Sharp Object. She was pretty good in this movie too. The effects, the visual effects are crazy. The fight scenes are really, really well done. And there's a one, um, I guess, sequence that is so unique that I've never seen done in any fantasy or sci-fi or... Yeah, I guess fantasy action film ever. It involves um like a portal thing. I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. But it also gives me hope that they could make a very good portal movie. If you've ever played the video game Portal, it's one of the best games. One of the highest reviewed, highly, uh, what is it? One of the highest rated games of all time, Portal. Uh, I played it on an Xbox way back in the day. And... It's just a game where you shoot portals and then you try to use the you, your your problem your your solving your puzzle solving using a portal gun. It's really a, a fun game, but they kind of use something similar in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, is it predictable? Yeah, I I was able to predict like what was gonna happen like ten minutes before e everything happened, but it's definitely done well and it's fun. And you know, predict. I think I've said this before. Predictable movies to me. 
uh, some you know it doesn't always necessarily have to be a bad thing as long as it's fun. Right? I don't like predictable movies if it's fucking boring or if it sucks. Like they, like they, it did not stick the landing, so to speak. But Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, I'm so sad that I, you know, based on what I'm seeing online and on Reddit, it did not perform well at the box office. I'm checking Wikipedia. It, it surpassed its budget, but I, I still feel like they're, they're at a loss because I don't think the budget contains uh certain things like i remember looking a movie up before and i said wow why i wonder why they said this movie failed but it it seemed to have done well but i think it doesn't account for certain things like marketing or whatever i'm not really sure so so far it's gross 203 million versus a 150 million budget so it means they're up 53 million technically but i don't know if that if that is a loss really for for the studio but I'm hoping it develops a cult following. I mean, it's it's now on streaming on Amazon, I think. So, um, I hope it it kind of gets a cult following or at least huge uh, support after the fact that it didn't do well in theaters, so that they make a sequel because I would definitely watch it. You know, part two whenever they make one, if they ever make one. So, yeah, uh, those are the two main movies that I watched this week. Uh, I talked about Air, the film Air, starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon uh, on Hot Island Show. So go listen to that just to hear my thoughts on it. But I would highly recommend that film as well. It was well acted, well directed. Uh, I watched it with Payang. Payang says that it's probably a you know a, an Oscar-worthy film. I don't know if, if for director or for best picture or for actor or whatever. But it's going to be in awards season's talk. Uh, and it's one of those awards winning, uh, awards, what do you call it? It's one of those movies that are award worthy, but are not boring. <laughs> Cause I've watched some award winning films and I was fucking bored out of my mind. You know, Pying always makes fun of me for this. Actually, anyone who is super into cinema always gives me shit for this, right? Like, I don't like m- slow burn movies. I don't give a shit if the if the cinematography is cr- amazing or if they if there's like a a deeper what do you call it like a deeper subliminal message behind the scene or if it draws inspiration from you know films from the 1940s or whatever and that's why people love it. No, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was fucking boring. All right. That's the always the one that I I always bring up in recent memory as a film that, you know, it won best something, right? Best picture or whatever or best actor, I don't know. Oh, best supporting for for Brad Pitt for sure. But I always say, "Fuck, man. That movie is a 2 hours of bullshit and then 30 minutes of like a pretty fun solid ending." Um, but I I guess it just really depends on the the mood cuz I love Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino. Probably, it's probably my, I haven't really discussed my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies, but it's top three for sure. And I know a lot of people hated Hateful Eight because they found it boring and slow. But I found it so entertaining. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just really depends on the, on how the movie hits you, right? Because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my least favorite Tarantino movie, hands down. And I've watched Grindhouse, 
right? And I don't even like Grindhouse, but I would rather watch Grindhouse than fucking Once Upon a Time. What are your top three, huh? I guess that's what you're, that's what you're thinking out loud. Speak, you know, I know you're probably playing along with me. Uh, Inglorious uh, is probably there. Uh, Dungeons Dragons and uh, or no, don't Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Django and Chain. I meant Django and Chain. Start with a D. Sorry, I got I got confused. Uh, Django and Chain is probably up there. Inglorious Bastards. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, Inglorious is up there. It's either one or two Inglorious. Django might fall beneath Kill Bill if you count Kill Bill as one and two. If it's just Kill Bill one or Kill Bill two, and I would put Django above it. But if you count the the two films as one, I would probably put Kill Bill above Django. Uh, and Hateful Eight. You know, I've, I've watched Jackie Brown. I'm not a huge fan, but it's okay. I finally watched Pulp Fiction for the first time like two months ago. It was good. But it's not my. It's not top five for me. It's not top three worthy. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, same thing. Like it was entertaining as well acted. The dialogue was great, and it was and it wasn't boring. That's always what it is. If the film isn't boring, I'll give it a shot. That's why I put movies that are wild for me wildly entertaining above movies that are critically acclaimed but are slow burns. Like I fucking love Real Steel. Starring real uh, Hugh Jackman. That's always my. Uh, that's always the film that I tell people like, man, I fucking love this film, even though it didn't get great reviews. You know, Real Steel, um, uh, Pacific Rim. Although Pacific Rim, the first one did get good reviews. I think the second Pacific Rim was awful. So just skip that altogether. See, I can acknowledge when you know it's not all about cgi effects and robots and giant monster stuff i know when it's fucking garbage right pacific rim 2 was hot basura that movie was not good but pacific rim 1 oh yeah give me more of that inject that shit right into my veins bro um yeah what where what was i talking about like i completely oh yeah why why i enjoy like shitty movies quote unquote shitty movies versus critically acclaimed movies um not all the time so basically what i'm saying is not all the time right uh i tried to watch again because i remember in high school i watched it i I remember distinctly disliking the film no country for old men which if you are a film guy film girl film buff filmaholic whatever you want to identify as as a film person most of you would probably say no country for old men is a cinematic masterpiece and I will admit, upon rewatch, it wasn't as boring as I remembered it being. I kind of enjoyed more the, you know, the, what's his name? Fucking sh- Ah, uh, fuck, his name escapes me. No country for old men. What's his name in the film? Javier Bardem. Oh, sh- Anton Sugar. I enjoyed Anton Sugar's villain, whatever, character more now upon rewatch as an as an adult right versus i guess a teenager but holy that movie is slow for for like the first 50 percent of it and i really did not like how they killed josh brolin's character off screen i was that i think that's what really threw me off i was rooting for josh brolin whatever his name was in the film and the, the fact that they killed him off screen was just a big fuck you to me 
And I think that's one of the reasons why I just could not really get into the film because I felt like we spend the whole, most of our time uh, split between the three guys, right? Tommy Lee Jones, Josh Brolin, and Javier Bardem. And I felt it was like a, a disservice to the audience, or at least to me, that they killed off the guy that who is, in, in this sense, he's not a great guy, but he's not evil. He was just trying to take the money and live a better life. And you want him to get away with it, right? Uh, and you don't want Javier Bardem's character su- to succeed. Uh, so the fact that they killed him off screen was just so fucking lame. Maybe if they killed him on screen, maybe I would I would like the movie a lot more. So yeah, the uh, Air, Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, Guardians Volume Three, highly recommended, and are definitely top five films of 2023 so far. All right, unless I really miss something. I'm sure I missed one, but just just off of right now, top of mind, those are the three. And John Wick, obviously. Like, those are the films that you should watch if you haven't yet. Uh, what else, man? Um, Hold on. I had a list here of stuff to talk about. Oh, I hosted a debut over the weekend. Actually, no, it was on Friday uh, last week. So, first of all, uh, shout out to Kyra Ui. Happy birthday. I know that they listened to my podcast to get a... Uh, <laughs> I was kind of, I was actually kind of nervous because when I first met with a dad, her name, his name is, uh, uh, Papa Bads, right? Uh, uh, Sir Bads. Sir Bads messaged me and, and said that, you know, hey, JC, we got a recommendation from you from, uh, our DJ, DJ Tunes, by the way. Shout out to DJ Tunes. If you ever need a, a DJ, uh, hit him up. T-O-O-N-S. Uh, his Instagram is Toonscan, I think. Toonscan. Uh, T-O-N-S-C-A-N. If you need a DJ for a party, a wedding, I think his, I, I believe his rates are very fair, you know, and he's a great DJ. So if you need a DJ, hit up Tunes. But anyway, Tunes recommended me to Sir Bads and Sir Bad said, Hey, you know, we, you got a recommendation, uh, for you to host, uh, our, my daughter's debut. And, uh, he, he asked me, do you have any sample, uh, clips of you hosting a debut? And me, being, you know, no road manager or whatever. I have no footage of myself. So I just sent him my hosting reel. So anyway, he said, uh, so after, you know, a few days of, of, uh, communicating back and forth, he, he, he said, Oh, uh, he said, yeah, actually we listened to your podcast just to get a, a taste of how you sound when you talk. <laughs> I was like, fuck. So anyway, if you're listening to this or Bads or Kyra or whoever, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity and I'm still going to uh, keep talking about it. So anyway, uh, how it all went was like, I went through an interview process with him. We went on a zoom call and I think they were considering someone else as well, but obviously, man, look at me, best man won, right? <laughs> so, uh, it was held at the Palms in Alabang, which is a country club. I've never been there. Uh, it was nice from what I saw from the outside and I guess the, like the ballroom that I went to and there's like a, a place that looks like a clubhouse or whatever. So I was able to go in there. I don't know what else is there. I, I feel like there's a golf course. There's got to be, right? Somewhere there. Uh, and I'm sure there's like tennis courts and shit that you can use if you are a member. But the Palms, it was a great venue. And yeah, it was overall just such a great time. And for me, and I don't know if I've said this before. Maybe I'm just like I always I have a recency biasy thing where bi- bias thing where when I feel like something is really great. I feel like that's all the the only thing I can think of. And I feel like in the moment, it's the greatest thing ever. But I can genuinely say that hosting this debut 
was one of the best like hosting experiences I've had in, in my life. Uh, not because I mean, I, I, I feel like I did my job and I think I did a great job. Uh, but it was the audience that really made it like, I guess in Tagalog, benta, right? It, it really sold the event to me uh, in terms of like my enjoyment of it because I've hosted a lot of debuts in my life, right? Uh, so many. And you can tell which, and this is a special shout out to the friends of, of the debutante. All of the friends that were invited were, were locked in, if that makes sense. Like they were there enjoying from beginning all the way to the end. And how do I know this? Well, A, when I, you know, they interacted with me and my questions, they were cheering all the time. Whenever the debutante would come out, they would like, without me saying, you know, give a round of applause, like they were up and clapping first. But to me, the moment that really sold me on this is there was a Sir Bad's made a 15 minute long growing up AVP. Now, I will be the first to tell you growing up AVPs to me usually are boring as shit. I, I, even if it's my own family, like I don't, maybe a two minute video, but a 15 minute video of growing up pictures and videos, like, at, at minute five, I'd be like, please turn this off. And I'm just, you know, no disrespect to Sir Bats. <laughs> but that's just me personally. But, you know, to, to show you how, what I mean is that from the whole 15 minutes, uh, the debutante's friends were like ooing and not ooing, but like, oh, you know, when you see a cute baby, like, oh, like they were, oh, and laughing throughout the whole 15 minutes. And that's when I knew, like solidified to me that this crowd was really enjoying the debutante and really celebrating her. They weren't just there for the free food. They weren't just there to, you know, to dress up nice and feel cool. They were there for her. And I even said that at the end of my program, uh, you know, when I was, you know, saying goodnight to everyone, I said, this is one of the greatest crowds I've ever had the pleasure of hosting for. And it was, it was fun, man. It's great. And of course, to validate my own feelings after the event, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of uh, the audience, not just the kids, because, you know, you, you know me, man, I'm young, right? I'm like 21, right? I'm 21 at heart. So a bunch of the, the kids were like, man, you were so good or you were so cool. You were so funny. But what made it even better was like the, the oldies, like like literally like people that were like, you know, old people, man, past the age of 50, bro. They were old. They were coming up to me and said, wow, Angaling Mumag host, you were really such a great host. And that to me just fucking sealed the deal of this was one of the greatest events, not just debuts, events that I've had the honor of, of, of participating in, right? It was so, so fun. So, so fun. So, uh, and I'm not sure if there's any more thoughts that I need to leave out here on the table, but shout out to Kyra Uy, to, to Papa Bads, to Mommy Golda. See, I remember their names. I rarely remember the names of any of the debutantes or the family members after, you know, after like a month of hosting for them. You know, I've usually forgotten, but I don't think I will forget this one. This is really like it, it hit, it really hit me hard. Like it was so good. So fun. So happy birthday, Kyra. And thank you to your family. And I hope to see you guys again because I, I don't know if it's going to pull through. I don't know if they were just being nice, but maybe it was their recency bias. But after the event, immediately after the event, I got approached by one of their family members who said, Hey, are you free to host for our 
something, I think 50th wedding anniversary or 50th birthday or something in June. And that to me was like, well, I guess they really like what I did. So that was awesome. Um, other than that, I mean, 31 minutes in, I think that's a good podcast so far. I, I don't think I really wrote anything down. Oh, I went to Ikea. We went to Ikea yesterday. And I spent, for the first time, I spent real money there. Because every time we go to Ikea, I always just walk around. Maybe I'll buy something small. I don't know if I've, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever bought anything from Ikea other than food. I just go there to to walk around, you know, enjoy the shit that I can't afford. But I actually went there yesterday with intentions of buying stuff. Ended up spending around 6, 7, 8K total. Uh, just to make life a little bit easier in the home. Uh, what did I get? Okay, for, oh, uh, a little bit of buyer's remorse for me on one part is they have this new product, which is like a, uh, it's like a bed cover, seat cover thing, which you can put in the freezer and it's supposed to remain cool and keep you cool. Don't get that. It's 500 pesos, so it's not a big loss, but don't get it because it just, it, it, I kept it in the freezer for a good amount of time. I took it out. It lasted like 15 minutes. Not worth. Don't get that. But everything else that I bought, I bought a new, uh, like storage holder for under my desk. I bought a couple of, I bought a, oh, oh, I bought a chrome. I don't know if it's chrome, but I always call it, I bought a chrome trash can. And it is one of the highlights of my life as an adult. I don't know if anyone can relate with me. There is this one YouTube video from, I think, Wong Fu. I forgot what it was, but I watched it years ago. I think I was in high school or college. And it begins with this guy like this Asian dude, obviously Wong Fu, right? Mostly, most likely an Asian guy who was, who was uh, like saying like how much this chrome trash can meant that if he had this automatic tra- chrome trash can, he had succeeded in life. Mine's not automatic, but it, it has a foot pedal. <laughs> and it's fucking shiny chrome silver, man. And it is one of the peak. It's one of the peaks of my adult life, where you, you know, uh, you know. I've talked about my refrigerator, my new, my well, my current refrigerator being one of the highlights of an, being an adult. You know, one of the pr- highlight purchases of being an adult. I feel like this trash can really speaks to me, man. I wanted a bigger one, but uh, yeah, I'm not that successful yet, so. <laughs> but it's the first time I bought a chrome trash can. So I'm really proud of myself for that. Um, what else did I get? Just a lot of shit, you know, to, to, to separate socks and dirty socks and whatever. Um, we got some like hanging thingies for the wall for, by the kitchen sink so that we can hang utensils and shit up there, but we haven't put it up yet. And oh, I got a tumbler so I could finally put stickers. It's, it's the first tumbler that I bought. Like one of those metal tumblers. Is it metal? Or stainless steel or whatever? Because I've had tumblers in the past. I've had shaker bottles for protein shakes and whatever. And my cousin even gave me a tumbler before uh, from from Costco. But this is the first time that I bought an actual tumbler. And I have been on the fence about buying one for probably two or three years now. Like every time I walk by a fucking aqua flask kiosk in the mall or or... Whatever the other clean canteen, right? You name it. You got it, right? If you go to Ateneo, you'll probably see all variations, right? Isn't that the joke? Like in Ateneo, they have, everyone has their own like clean canteen or whatever. Like every variation of it is there. Um, but this one I got from, from, so I finally got one for myself in Ikea. Uh, it's unbranded, which I like because I don't know. I just liked it because I don't really care about the branding on Aqua Flask or whatever. I just wanted it to be clean so I could put stickers on it. 
and it's big and metal. It comes with a cap and like two little cap thingies on top. They look like mini cups and you can actually pour, you know, a beverage in there. So if you want to share your coffee, you can pour it in there. You can put food in there, I guess. It's pretty small, but you can put stuff in there, which is pretty cool. I just don't like the cap. I guess that's my only complaint regarding. No, no, I have two complaints. The only, the two complaints I have is the actual cap that goes that covers it to keep the water from leaking out is kind of hard to put on sometimes. And the other complaint is it doesn't have the cap doesn't have a hole or whatever, you know, for uh, uh, an eyelet, I guess is what you call that, where you can, or a clip thingy, like you can't clip it to anything, you can't put, there's no hookable hole, is what I'm saying. Is it called an eyelet? Anyway, uh, yeah, but for the first time, spending money in Ikea, well worth it, and then we hit up the Anytime Fitness in Mall of Asia, which is, uh, we were relatively empty, it was pretty good, pretty okay gym, and here we are on a Tuesday and uh, a lot more work coming in for sure. Uh, I got an inquiry to to host an event out of town, but uh, we haven't formalized it, so I don't want to jinx it. So I'm not going to speak up about it yet. But I also have an out of town event. No, I have two out of town hostings this month as well, and one that is still being confirmed. Uh, I haven't heard word yet, so I'm not really sure about that. But it will be three out of town trips if ever this month. It's pretty cool, man. Uh, so. Maybe it's just karma <laughs> for doing good at the Debu. Uh But yeah, that's it. I hope you guys had a wonderful time. And thank you to everyone who listened to the last mix. I really appreciate you. Uh, those of you message Broad Fitz, thank you so much for giving me, uh, for quoting me for my last podcast. My quote was verbatim, according to, he tweeted me, uh, there's no failure in trying your best. I did say that, huh? Man, I'm like a fucking walking TED talk, huh? Uh, but I'm sure someone else has said that. In the history of Earth. And I, I tried to Google it, but maybe I feel like I could, maybe I can take credit for that one, huh? There's no harm, or there's no failure in trying your best. There we go. And I've tried my best for today's episode, so I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. Please message me on the podcast Instagram if you have any questions or if you want me to, or you can uh, reply to the Spotify prompt. I haven't checked that in a while, uh, but do so and I'll, re- I'll, I'll do my best to talk about it, okay? Enjoy your week, and I'll catch you all. Say it with me later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 